We're live. Yeah, we're live. This is our first podcast. Yes, it is. And hopefully not our last. I hope not. I, I want to continue it because I want to see your beautiful face every day. Every every week. Every mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I wish I lived closer. I really do. Yeah, it'd be a fun time. It would be. But I guess we can introduce ourselves, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You want to start? You, no, you can go first. Okay, so I'm Eddie Siegel. Um, I race in Time Attack with Gridlife. Um, I drive a 2017 Honda Civic Type R. Um, the old model now. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> instruments. So that's, that's who I am. All right, well, my name is Devin Herndon. Uh, I sometimes race at Gridlife. <laughs> Most of the time I'm working Gridlife for Fortunato. Uh, I drive a Mercedes GLA 45, uh, and yeah, it's the heaviest of the the street class. Well, it, not including the Teslas; um, those don't count. But um, yeah, you know, one day I want to be just like Eddie. I want to be fast, but we'll see. Oh please, <laughs> please, <laughs> fast when no one else shows up. Okay. Hey, you have more podiums than I do, so it's all that oh. matters. You'll get there, man. And anyways, it's just a stupid trophy. Yeah. But, you know. But, I guess. So, one of our topics that we're going to talk about today um, is the future of EV performance uh, with the aftermarket community or aftermarket parts community and how that's going to affect things and the trajectory of just parts in general for those type of vehicles because it's going to make it a lot harder in general to cater that market for aftermarket tuning companies and ECU and all that other good stuff. So uh, I guess I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about that? How I feel about it? Um, (laughs) I'm not the biggest. uh, I, I don't particularly like electric vehicles. Um, I, I'm not, I have not jumped on the, uh, the hype train of Tesla's right. or any of them for that matter. Um, I think they're cool. I think they, they do have a place in, you know, our future, but yeah. I think us relying on only and solely electric vehicles and electrification is a bad idea. Um, I think there's just not enough infrastructure and the cost is going to be astronomical. So. But, yeah. That being said, it's going to happen whether we like it or not. It seems like, and it's going to happen in the next fifteen years, maybe twenty years. I hope longer. But so with that, in terms of aftermarket, so right now we're kind of in uh, a beta test phase for electric vehicles in high performance situations and, and aftermarket situations. I mean, right. we've been to the track. We've seen some Teslas going on the track, and for the most part, they're fairly stock. There's not many companies doing like you know aftermarket stuff other than you know the typical body kit or wheels or you know suspension. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, not even suspension. There might not be that much. I mean, does Fortune make coilovers for like Teslas? Yeah, actually, we do make it for the Model Three rear. Rear wheel drive, and then we also are coming out with the Model Y, and that should be dropping tomorrow. 
for the next day. So, yeah. Uh, and actually, the Model Y suspension is the exact same or very similar. Uh, all the pickup points are the exact same as the Model 3 all-wheel drive. So they go, they're transferable. Um, how you build the, the shocks are very similar, uh, other than accounting for weight and valving and stuff. Um, but, yeah, they're pretty much Legos, just like Subarus or some Hondas. Yeah, no, I mean, um, that's interesting because I'm not sure. Well, first thing is, you know, what is going to happen to the aftermarket industry? I mean, let's look at it from that point of view, because in 20 years, is there even going to be a huge presence of the aftermarket industry? I would say to a degree. I mean, obviously, there's going to have to be companies that make aftermarket parts because, you know, Everybody needs to get wheel bearings or exhaust systems. Like, you know, right. OEM replacements. Well, not exhaust systems. I'm an idiot. Not <laughs> um, you know, suspension pushings and stuff like that and cooling. Right. Um, but uh, in terms of performance, I mean, we've seen these Teslas. They work really well for about two or three laps, and then they need to charge. They get hot. Um, right. And some tracks have the charging system some you got to plug into a 120 volt and it can take all the whole half of the set you know half of the day yeah. which is like half the sessions to charge the damn things so yeah that's going to be a new future i mean formula e if anybody has looked into that it's the electric formula cars that they've been trying to promote for the last few years and I believe midway through the race, they have to swap to a different car because the batteries just don't last. The <laughs> now, I don't watch that, but that's very interesting that they have to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess battery. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's just hearing the, the tires at that point. Um, but in terms of aftermarket, uh, like you mentioned, I don't really see much of a, a future for, you know, uh, exhaust companies. I, I know no. some ex exhaust companies are, are doing the, the fun, uh, like noise modifiers that you can add to your, you know, your electric Mustang that, you know, produces a V8 noise uh, to give you that sensation. I don't know if that's just like a joke, but it's like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's gimmicky enough that someone will buy it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anything <laughs> for the clout, right? Right. And I, I just don't know how tuning companies either are going to, you know, work within that infrastructure because, you know, for, for instance, like Tesla, they send over updates like over the air or over wherever they, however they do it. Um, and I just don't see how tuning companies can, you know, make a module to do that for their customers. I don't know how you upgrade. Like, do you upgrade batteries? I don't yeah, know. You're talking about like, yo, I, I'm doing a stage three build on my Tesla, bro. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think first thing, the whole stage concept is so fucking stupid. <laughs> but anyways, I will go beyond that. Yeah. We can talk about that later. Um, the, 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 the big mods are going to be a, a higher voltage battery, right? Because that's right. Like, in more horsepower or a bigger motor. 
uh, so like you'll buy a Tesla Model 3 and then somehow you'll get a performance engine or like an upgraded, souped up version. Kind of like, I don't know if you ever were into like RC cars, mm-hmm. but it's like that. You buy a, a bigger battery, you bought a better resistors that, that could run faster and smoother and cooler. Um, right. Or you get like an upgraded charging kit that charges the sucker twice as fast. Problem is, you know, California can't even keep the lights on as is. If everything goes electric, there's going to be problems. I mean, I don't think we are, 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 you know, our power system, you know, our power plants, any of that is is capable of all the necessary voltage that's required for some of these vehicles. I mean, I read an article today about the Hummer EV Mm -hmm. cost, like, an absurd amount of money to charge from, like, just a regular old charging station. Right. So, I mean, you can imagine it's going to get inflated, you know, as soon as more yeah. is up. And uh, we're in the same old problem that we had before, only batteries are more difficult to dispose of. Yeah, and to put out in terms of, like, fire oh and God, everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, to be honest, most, well, not most, I, I would say a, a decent amount of tracks still don't allow electric cars on, on track. Yeah. Because they don't have the firefighting equipment, right? So that's going to be interesting. Plus, the weight of these electric cars are so much; like they they're going to use and go through suspension components way faster than a normal powered vehicle. So that's going to be also very interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't see much of a future for motorsports, but I mean, obviously it's headed that way, but I feel like, you know, as we progress, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, uh, the normal engine is going to be like a, a specialty type of item, kind of like someone rebuilding like a carburetor or mm. whatever, you know, like they're going to have to have a specialist to do that. Well, not like fit 20 years, but like maybe like a hundred years, but you know, finding someone to work on your carbureted car is kind of like difficult. Uh, so, you know, I feel like it's going to progress to that level at some point in time. I hope you're wrong. I really do. <laughs> uh, I don't want to see a day where no one can get their Chevrolet Bel Air tuned up. But, right. you know, I there's going to be a point where the younger generation is going to say, I don't give a shit about a 1934 right and the people who know how to fix them and run them are all going to be dead right and yep. that car is going to die and it's very sad but it's just going to happen you know all these brass cars from the 20s and 30s all that shit's going to go i don't yeah. see people trying to keep that alive and i think with the gas engine it's going to be the same um that'll take a long time that'll take hundreds of years but you know, one of the, you know, in the future, it's going to be like, oh man, remember the days when you were pumping your gas and you had to build on you, or you know. Well, that's for certain. For certain people, they they can relate. You know, people in New Jersey, they don't know how to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, don't even remind me. I got a story about that. The whole grid life thing. And, uh, but what um, happened there? Oh, well, okay. Well, do you know hear about how they don't allow clear gas containers? 
I, I heard it over an announcement. I was just confused why. Okay, so apparently New Jersey has this rule is like if you have a gas container that holds, you know, gasoline that's not like a certain size, it has mm-hmm. to be red because they use them for designating what's in them. Mm-hmm. Well, all of mine are clear because I live in Massachusetts, so I don't right. think about that. <laughs> apparently, the state police come through and they, they find people. So we had oh. to like out of nowhere, we were just like, crap, where do we hide these things? So we're like trying to hide <laughs> these full gas jugs of like E85 and right. octane fuel and whatever. So um, yeah, that was a whole thing. And then they were like, oh, well, you if you have um, uh, a tent that's larger than like five by five, it needs to have a fire extinguisher nearby. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like a bunch of rules. So yeah, it was just a total like 20 minutes of panic because we're like, what the hell do we do? Right. Luckily, no one came, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, New Jersey. Uh, that, that's an interesting track. I, I've been there before. Before that, I liked it. Um, the very sandy track. A 100. Yeah, uh, I went off like three times. <laughs> that was the most I've ever gone off ever. <laughs> I was pussyfooting it around because I, I had gone off there the last time and it was sketchy. Yeah. So poor Benson almost killed you. Oh yes, he sure did. <laughs> I was like, oh man, <laughs> is this the first and last event for the GLA? It might be. <laughs> Talk about the electric stuff. Yeah. I wanted to switch and ask you a question. Okay. Why do you go after these fucking oddball little CUVs? <laughs> what, what is it with you? Do you have like a, a CUV fetish? <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Um, so, obviously, I came from a Focus, which is... It, it is a great car. And honestly, I, I, I bought that in 2014. And that was before, like, you know, the Focus ST became the laughing stock of, like, the community. So, I love that. I mean, I still, it doesn't matter. I still love that car. Um, so, I bought a 2013. It had, like, 20,000 miles on it. It was, like, all highway, which was a decent amount for 2014. Um, Tangerine Scream, best color. You know it. <laughs> um, so, 100%. So... I had that for like six years. I, you know, did my whole first track events in that car. And then I, you know, evolved that car to what would be street mod if I was, if I ever competed in that car, even though it would have been slow as hell because it was still sock turbo, but whatever. Um, And then I was like, okay, well, I have this car and I want something a little bit more mature because I'm, you know, what was it, 25? And I was like, I don't want to be in this car and this be my only car. Um, because, you know, I had the Halo seat, you know. <laughs> I, I was daily driving a Halo seat. The car had almost 200,000 miles at that point. Um, big Wang, Big Arrow, BM Spec, you know, you know them. Oh, yeah. um, so I was like, okay, well, I want... You know, I always had a fascination for M cars, 
I always loved them. I always talked about them when I had my mini. I, I you know, loved the M cars. I always wanted one. And then I was looking at the time for like an F80 or whatever. But you know what? I love the F80. I love how it looks, but it sounds like shit. And mm. everyone and their mother has one. I don't know why, but they're everywhere. So I see them all the time. So I was like, okay, I want something a little different. ATSV. I love ATSV. I wanted a four door manual. Cool. But I couldn't find one in my budget. My budget at the time was like 35, 34. And a good ATSV, if you could find one, four door would be, you know, high upper 30s, which, you know, I wish we can go back to those days where. Oh my God, dude, that I was, was a thing. One in a I know it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I was looking for that and I was like, okay, that's a little bit more than I want to spend. Um, and then I wanted a Chevy SS, four door, you know, naturally aspirated LS based, you know, whatever, super reliable. Um, I was going to do like a, uh, the supercar V8 Australian cars. That's what I wanted. That was the goal. Oh shit. Uh, Yeah. Like low as hell. Cambered out, you know, body kit. That's what I wanted to do. But again, finding a manual one of those, even then, was hard. Like, they didn't last long if they were for sale. So, my buddy had a GLA when I had to focus um, at H2O. Uh, I'm sure you know about that. Way back when. H2O. Oh, H2O, oh, oh, yeah. H2O. I thought you meant that your buddy had one. No, 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 no. I no. know what H2O is. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I used to go to that all the time uh, before it was a shit show. Well, it was always a shit show, but it wasn't as bad. Show. It wasn't as bad. <laughs> um, so he had one, and I was like, man, that thing is cool. You know, it's like a little hatchback, you know, Mercedes. I was like, okay. And then I like randomly remembered it, and I was like, you know what? Let me see how much those those are right now. And you know, lo and behold, you know, they're like 30, 32, 34 around that range. Um obviously the the 2015 is when they came out and that model was super cheap because A is a first year model. It didn't have as much power as the 2016 and also it had uh, a few transmission issues with the uh, DCT. Um, so I was on the hunt for 2016. Um, so then I found one at a dealership and I was like, okay, I want that. And they didn't even put the pictures up at the, at the time. And I contacted them. I was like, my, my musts were a, you know, with Recaro seats. Um, and that was pretty much it. It didn't have to have the aero package because I was going to add it anyway. Hmm. Um, but it had to have the Recaro seats. But this mm-hmm. one had the Recaro seats, the adaptive suspension, or the electronic suspension. And that also came with the uh, raised limiter, so it could do 167 miles per hour. And also had the, the diff as well. So they didn't even put pictures up. I inquired, and they were like, okay, yeah, you can come uh, come look at it. So I was like, well, you know, I don't know how long this is last it's going to last. So I'm going to go ahead and go to the bank and, and get a check for this car. And then I, I walk out of the bank in the morning before I go 
up there in the afternoon. Um, and then they call me and they're like, okay, it looks like someone came and, and bought the car. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and then I walked right back in the bank and gave him back the check. I was like, well, you know, someone just bought it. Cool. I go back to work. I was working from home at the time because COVID. Um, and she calls me and she's like, uh, the lady that was going to buy it, she uh, didn't check her insurance and she didn't realize how much it was going to be. And I was like, say less. And then I, I drove up there, which is like an hour and a half, two hours, uh, looked at it and I was like, you know what? This is it. And it's, it's very hatchback oriented. And I, I love hatchbacks. I love four doors. They're super practical. Um, and I fell in love with the car and that's kind of how that, you know, transcended. So I don't know. It's, it's just, it just did it for me. And I knew I was going to lower it anyway. So it's going to be a hatchback anyway. So it literally stayed stock for like a month. And I put lowering springs on it, wheels, tires. And I was like, this is not low enough. Then I bought nitrons and then took the nitrons off, five tens, new wheels, and then aero pack. And then it just, it's snowballing. Oh, yeah. And then you look <laughs> at the track, and now it's. Yep. Find <laughs> Literally, it's fully, everything in the rear is gone. Like, other than the sub is still there because I still drive and I like the sub. Oh, my gosh. It is completely stripped in the rear. Oh, that poor Mercedes. Oh, I know. I know. It's funny when I go to the... Cause I, so, I bought an extended warranty because I was like, I'm not going to mod the engine. And I still don't plan on doing it. My philosophy is always suspension, you know, wheels, tires, you know, optimizing the chassis first before I add power. So I still have ways to go with optimizing the chassis. Um, so I'm not probably going to test the, the uh, powertrain for a little while. So yeah, I always find it funny when I bring it to the dealership. And <laughs> luckily, I know someone at the dealership. So, um, you know, they always give me funny looks when I stop. You know, I'm braking there and it's just squealing because I still have the, the, the race pads on. And they're just like, do you want us to look at that? I'm like, no, nah, it's fine. <laughs> Probably are like, what? What happened to that? Sell this to pay for it? Right. (laughs) For the payment? Um, Well, that's really cool, though. And I think there is something to be said about doing the unordinary or just being different. Because, sure, you could have gone out and bought a Miata or an S2000 or whatever, you know, or an M3. Yep. But, you know, you are, and I've said this to you before. You're one of the only people who are tracking this. I mean, I don't know of any other person who's tracking these things. And not just, like, going to, like, an HPD and, like, turning some laps. Like, I'm right. I mean, like, you're actually pushing it to its limits. I mean, and you're starting to find them, I feel like. So, you know, you are, in, in a way, doing something that no one else has done. And I think that takes a lot of respect and a lot of guts. So, I totally... Totally give you 100% props for that. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. You know, it didn't start out as that. I told myself, I'm not going to take this car to the track. It's uh, too that's nice. How it always goes. And then that's I'll wait, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I know what you mean, man. But that's cool. I mean, and the fact that it's also an infinity means you can find parts for it. Yeah, yeah. The underneath of it, like, 
it's super easy to work on. Suspension is super easy to just swap in and out. Um, the only real you know, expense is the engine because it's hand-built. But, I mean, whatever. But everything else of the chassis is super easy. And luckily, it shares a lot of the same stuff as CLA and then the A-Class that we didn't get. So whatever they have, I can just steal. So like the seat brackets or CLA stuff, because no one ever tested on a GLA, because who would be dumb enough to put seat brackets, you know, <laughs> race seats in the GLA, right? So yeah, no, one's, no one's doing that. But... <laughs> no one's doing it. But, you know. but I, I totally, I do. I give you so many props because that takes a lot of balls. And it's also cool to see it out on track. It's so cool. Even though you claim it's so heavy. It is like, heavy. It's like 3,600 pounds. Well, she's a heavy girl, but <laughs> use that to your advantage. Yeah. There's not much of that advantage. but It's not, advantage. especially on 255s. If I could do like, you know, unlimited tower 285s, like front wheel drive, I'd be like, whatever. It'd be cool. So Um, what made you choose the Type R? Well... Uh, Well, I mean, the Type R is a great chassis. So, I mean... Why did I choose the Type R? Or how did I end up in that predicament? Because multiple stories. Because I've (laughs) had so many different vehicles. Like, I've been all over the place. Yeah, Um, so I guess we can start why you chose the Type R. Because I know you have a few vehicles, which I would love for you to tell the, the audience what oh, vehicles yeah. you also have. And then um, also you had air on the car and then you took it off. Yeah. So I want to hear why you went back. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I have mean, yeah. Um, so the Type R, um, the story starts years ago. I got into autocrossing. I had a BMW. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. Um, but it was really, really, really expensive to maintain. Yep. And at the time, I was a young college kid, and paying for BMW parts was just obnoxious. Um, I, I guess we should uh, – what BMW was it? It was a 135. Okay. Awesome. So, stick. Um, I loved it. It was really fun. It was my Is second that, BMW that I had. Is that um, an N54 or N55? N54. N54. Okay. Um, but it was fairly stock. Okay. Um, and then, so I got a Focus ST. Yep. And <laughs> like everyone does. <laughs> I bought it because, well, so the funny thing is we talk about them being like the jokes of the auto, you know, the aftermarket world, but yeah. that's not how it started. So a lot oh, yeah. of people forget when that car came out, it was like a godsend because if you remember, nobody had really a fun hatchback anymore volkswagen was making the mark six which was shit <laughs> you know yeah. honda was making the si which was not very good at the time it was the ninth gen garbage <laughs> so and and chevy had gotten rid of the cobalt which was a great car but no one seems to remember that <laughs> so uh yeah so the focus was really cool it had great chassis dynamics and and i watched some reviews from you know a bunch of big car you know, YouTube people at the time, and they all said it's a great car. Yep. I needed something that was better on gas and, and that I could throw my college stuff in the back. So I bought one. And it was great for about three months, and then the motor may have gone. <laughs> and it? then it got replaced, and then I traded it in for a Camaro. 
Okay. Um, and I drove that for a while. I still have that car. The 2012 ZL1. <laughs> it's a fast car. It's so fast. And it was the total opposite of the Focus. Like 100%. 180 degrees. Um, and so at the time, these cars were cheap, relatively speaking. Yep. Um, you know, uh, so I bought it, love it, still have it to this day, um, even though I'm getting ready to move on from it, I think. But that's a whole other topic. Um, and then I wanted to get back in the autocross tracking thing because the Camaro, just the consumables are so expensive. So, uh, and I wanted a daily, so I bought a Honda Civic SI. As my daily. And, you know, I said something similar to you. I said, you know what? I'm keeping this stock. It's my <laughs> daily driver. I'm not doing anything to it. I'm not touching anything. Well, that didn't happen. And yep. I went to an autocross with it, and I fell in love with just how it drove. It handled the engine. Everything was awesome. So, I, you know, it started off small. You know, the basics. Next thing you know, it's a full track build. Um, and I was taking it to the track. Um, and I loved it. It was an eighth gen, two thousand nine. Okay, um, had a built engine, um, so it had cams, valve springs, um, and it made like two hundred and ninety wheel horsepower. It was damn. Fast. <laughs> um, it was so much fun. It revved to like ninety five hundred RPM. Jesus, it was a total little monster. Um, but then it died. I drove through a puddle and it hydrolocked it. Oh. So the insurance totaled it, obviously, because yeah. they look at it like, oh my god, it's like a rusted out <laughs> And now, mind you, during that time frame, I bought a Type R as my daily driver. Okay. I had this Type R. It's a 2017. It's a first-year car. Yep. And obviously, at that point, I loved Hondas, and I wanted a Type R. And when they announced it, it was like a no-brainer. I was driving an ATS Cadillac. <laughs> the six-speed manual ats are those two liters yeah the two liters so it's just okay. a camaro four-door okay okay uh the four-cylinder stick really cool car but not very good right um, but it was a cool car good daily but traded it in got it to type r and i drove it as my daily for many years until the old the, the track civic the eighth gen yep died and then i still had one track day left and i'm like you know what i'll just take the type r i'll do a few laps what's the worst that can happen it's designed <laughs> for the track right and i took it out on that track and even in its stock form i immediately was sold <laughs> i was like holy <laughs> this thing is so fast on the track and over the winter, I went from, this is my daily, to I got to buy a bunch of stuff for this thing. Uh-huh. It started off small. I just did the basics. And then it turned into, you know, the aero, the oil cooler, the intercooler, anything to keep it cool because that car just overheats. Like right. Um, but I kept the power stock up until last year. So um, it was barely stock. But you were asking about the arrow. Um, and the reason I took it off is because of the rules in grid life. Okay. Um, you're not able to run arrow. Yep. So I had to go. And I had to learn how to drive without arrow, which was a bit different. Because I drove it <laughs> years with arrow. Um, right. 
I've gotten used to it, and uh, now it's on Fortune Autos. Uh, mm-hmm. Fantastic, by the way. Um, not a plug. Not a plug, not a plug. I'm, I'm genuinely saying this. I'm not trying to plug shit. Uh, but uh, the, the Fortune Autos definitely helped uh, helped me reach the goal of trying to podium this year. Um, yeah. My old setup last year, I don't think it was possible. Um, and fortune was definitely a big key to my success for being the one of the fastest front wheel drive cars in the street class. So. Yeah, you probably broken pretty much every front wheel drive record. I know they uh, most of them except for Gingerman. Okay, so who has that? Uh, one of the guys with a Type R that's like a thirty nine five. Okay. So and it was a crazy lap. Like he's really good there. Okay. So, I don't know if I'll ever beat that one, but as always, next year. So, do you have any updates for this year or this upcoming year? Any plans? Yeah, I'm going to run a staggered setup. So, I've been running a 265 square setup for the last several years with the car. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm finally going down the rabbit hole of running a staggered setup. Because it's a pain in the ass, it's really expensive on tires, but I found a deal. Some guy was selling the bigger wheels for the car mm-hmm. at a really good price, so I bought them. Because he had a whole set of them, so I bought four of them. Right. And I'm only going to run them on the front, so it was like, I don't know, well, whatever, I'll have spares. Yeah. Uh, so I'm running a 285 in the front and a 255 in the rear. Okay. And if funds allow it, which... These days, it doesn't look like it, especially with session <laughs> pending. Um, yeah. I want to pull my transmission into a diff and like, just make sure it's all good in there. Okay. And I'll check the engine. I mean, it's, you know, 24,000 miles of hell. Right. So, you know, uh, it's, it makes some weird noises. <laughs> end up there in its age. So um, I'll do a leak down and, you know, the basics just to make sure that it's still, still running good. But it feels strong. I drove it to work today. Um, and it felt great. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, change some spring rates as you know. So yeah. Uh, so when you bought your type R, did you get it at MSRP? No, no, no. no. Even then I had to buy all those dealer accessories and all that dumb shit. Right. So. Um, would you at this point trade your car in for the new one? Uh, if you could get it for, you know, a reasonable price. My current car, the way it's set up now, I think it's beyond the point of, uh, <laughs> Returning. <selling his> stock. <laughs> but if it was, if it was, if you were talking like it's still, it didn't have a wrap, it was still basics, just bolt on stuff. Right. I probably would. I probably would, would let it go at this point. It's yeah. been a great car, but. The new one is an incremental step up, and it's such a similar car that um, it would be dumb not to. Yeah, and all the suspension transfers over, if anyone's yeah, it's, wondering. It's, I think it's all... Yeah, it's all, all tension the, stuff. You know, wheels and everything. Yep. So, <laughs> but uh, my car, no, I wouldn't get rid of it. That car has now become a little legend, in my opinion. So, Are you um, going to put a cage in it? Or... Like a like a four point roll bar. Yeah, probably. Okay. Probably eventually. 
Um, originally, I didn't because I take it out and drive it on the street. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it still is a street car. I mean, yeah. You know, in street class, people like you who rip everything out. <laughs> Hold on. I drove out. to every single track of it. Yeah, you did. I mean, <laughs> you still have a subwoofer. And he uh-huh. did but people like, I don't want to ma- mention any names, who were high up in the top, that blow their engine up. <laughs> ben. Shit up. Uh, those are not street cars anymore, in my, in my humble opinion. Like in my state, you could not drive that car on the street. It just would never pass any sort of visual inspection. Right. Um, and uh, so, I mean, my car still has AC. Like, there's the only thing that was taken out was the back seat, and that's because you had to for the pull point. I think right. I was still in there. So, and it's a street car. Totally yeah. Is. So. What's your opinion on and and I think it, they're probably going to implement it in twenty twenty four the rule set where they're probably going to make street class more street street friendly I would say um, what what's your ideal rule set like for street class if you could go and write it yourself like what rules would you have to implement like would you have to have a cat would you need to do a certain thing to like prove that as a street car? Because some of these street cars in street class, obviously, as you know, aren't very street. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> um, and then some of them are literally just trailer queens. I mean, my Type R kind of is somewhat of a trailer queen, but I drive it on the street occasionally. Right. Um, the only car that I have that has a valid inspection sticker. So, yeah, you know, You're right. um, if I if it was my way and I had you know total freedom, I'd say the stock turbo rule. Yep. I think I think when you start putting aftermarket turbos, the sky's the limit. You know, because if you have the money, you can just turn the boost up to twenty four psi with a massive turbo. Yep. And, you know, get one event and do some ridiculous record and then the engine pops. So I think keeping it on a stock, I think stock ECU even perhaps. Um, yeah. Aftermarket ECUs, they don't pass inspection in my state. A lot of people's states because of the OBD stuff. So, um, and I think the tire rules, I think they're somewhat good. I mean, Maybe they change because if you're putting back to stock powers for certain cars, um, right. they can run a 265 or something. But that's not really a big deal because, honestly, it's the horsepower that limits a lot of these newer cars. Yeah. And older cars, too. So. Yeah, I, I would agree. and But I will say the older cars, because they don't have as many you know safety regulations back in the day, they don't weigh as much. So that's the problem with the old, newer cars. They're super heavy. Um, <laughs> they're pigs. My car weighs like 3,300 pounds. It's a heavy girl. Right. And then you compare that to like a Cobalt SS, which is like, with you in it, probably like 2,800 pounds. Yeah, it's a joke. Right. The airbags were taken out from the factory. Right. <laughs> Safety was second. Exactly. I mean, it's... um. It's hard, though, because I get where they're trying to do. You know, it's trying to be a, you know, 
make it more interesting. But I think what we've seen with street class is there are good chassis that seem to work very well to the rule set. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's typically an all wheel drive car. um, Yeah. So, I mean, the closest, I think, I think I'm the closest that ever got to a two wheel drive car on the podium. I don't know if there's anybody else. Yeah. Um, No, I I agree because most rear wheel drive cars are naturally aspirated in class. That yeah, would and be in class. Not fast enough. They're right. Not, they're not powerful enough, um, especially with the Evos. I mean, they're talking like 120 horsepower difference between mine and a well modded Evo or an STI. Yeah, I mean, a even at, at Lime Rock, you were down comparable to uh, Kevin, who had the other Evo, and then Ben. I mean, you're down like 60, 70 horsepower. So, you know, I mean, what can yeah. you do? <laughs> At that point, I tried I tried all I could in the driver mod department, but even I couldn't make up for it. Right. So it just comes uh, where, you know, and that's a perfect track, too, because there's not that many straights. Like, nope. you know, and I, kinda, I think it kind of shows, you know, when I went to mid-Ohio, it wasn't even close. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where the rules need to go eventually. I mean, whether or not I'm still in street class or even doing this thing by then, who knows. But, I mean, next year, I mean, for all we know, nobody ends up being in the street besides you and I. And we just <laughs> win because we're the only two left. No, don't forget about everybody. Uh, you know, Nathan's going to be out there, man. He's wheeling that Volkswagen. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to be honest. He's playing a little mind games. Running like a group chat with for whatever reason you and I were invited. The FCT. You know, and like I'm going through like older posts, and like I just see them talking about me. Great, all right. But yeah, I mean, he's doing a lot. That car is going to be completely revamped. He really wants that little plastic trophy. Hey. Good on him because I know he's going to use all OEM parts. Dude, good for him. No, no, no. Yeah. Like in all seriousness, I want people to do that kind of stuff. If, if I help, you know, give people incentive to go out there and learn more and, and try to do better, whether it be behind the wheel or in their bank account, like just <laughs> they have, so be it because more competition makes it more fun. It's yeah. not fun when I'm out there turning laps knowing I will never win. Yeah, it's not, it's not nearly as fun than when you know you have a chance. So I totally get it, and I think that's why everybody's there. I don't think you go there just to have fun. I mean, I always say that. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I always do want to do well. But, um, yeah, I mean that that Mark Five is going to be quick, um, especially if he gets it dialed in. I mean, it was it wasn't slow last year. I mean, he no, it wasn't. And so, uh, and he makes like. I think he was like two hundred something horsepower, and it was crazy. Like <laughs> he was wheeling that thing, like two sixty, two seventy. With the KO four, I would imagine he probably it's probably close to three hundred. And the car doesn't also weigh much at all. No, so no, I mean I'm sure a lot of it rusted away anyway. So <laughs> he's got that weight reduction too, right? Um, um, yeah, I mean that that car will be fun, and I think the the most fun. Thing. Honestly, New Jersey was cool because you get to see a lot of chassis that don't get the love that typically you see at, you know, the other events. 
because there was a bunch of Volkswagens, there was a Mercedes, there was your car, there was a Mini, there was all kinds of random ass cars. It was cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just random cars battling out. I think it's because it's on the East Coast. Yep. Because a lot of, you know, grid life is, I feel like, in the middle. Midwest. 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 Sure. That's where they're core demographic is right and uh it sucks for us because we got to drive freaking hours. yeah right and you know, you know most of those people in those states have all-wheel drive turbo cars yep I mean, so East Coast too. yeah so i mean it, i think it's interesting i mean i enjoy seeing the variety of chassis that's that's the biggest thing for street class because seeing the same shit over and over again is boring yeah. um so that's just my ben take on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seeing Ben with that dumb grin on his face, knowing that <laughs> no fucking laugh. Sorry, Ben. Love you, but God damn it, it was so infuriating knowing that he did one lap. Because the reality is, think about it. If he had that whole day, he'd be in the fifty sevens. Oh, one hundred percent. He would have like blew the competition out. It wouldn't have been. And, yeah, it would have been a joke. Like, <laughs> Just like what the other Ben did in Club TR. Oh, 100%. Yeah, just, he was like two seconds faster than everybody else. Just like complete and utter domination. And he had no one to push him either because the grant wasn't there. So, I mean, he would have probably even drove faster if he had more competition. So. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, and I, I think he said the same thing. It's not as fun when nobody's there. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I think we've convinced. I mean, I think I've said as much as I could to Grant to say you have to do Lime Rock because it is one of the coolest tracks in the country maybe in the world Right? Uh, it is just so special it's small, it's extremely fast it's very technical and difficult mm-hmm. even with only one left that left is what cost me first place so <laughs> yeah. uh, you know I can genuinely say that that track is not easy it's easy to be fast uh, excuse me, it's easy to be quick there yeah, it's difficult to be fast there. You can yeah. get to that like eight tenths mark, but that ten tenths area, that sub one minute, is freaking difficult. One hundred percent. And the event itself was phenomenal. Oh my god, dude, that this... was the best time. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't want to, you know, toot my own horn here, but like, I think you and I had the most fun weekend. One hundred percent. It was just such a good time hanging out with people that I've never really hung out with before. Yeah. Um, and uh, we made, we just had a good time. I mean, it was yeah. just good people, good vibes. And the track, I thought it was going to go the totally opposite way. I thought they were going to be like, get these young, snotty kids <laughs> out of here. You know, where are, you know, loyal portion of these days? <laughs> uh, but uh, instead, they were so about it. They were like, finally, some young blood. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to run the Viagra commercials all the time. Like, what nope. <laughs> and uh, I think they want us back from what I've heard. So, yeah, um, I mean, it seemed like I don't know if it was the CEO or the director of Lime Rock, super enthused about having us there and having us back. I mean, he said we can come back anytime. So, oh yeah, I remember because he, yeah. he was drinking. <laughs> I think there were, I think there was only like a handful of people that were sober up that right. Uh so yeah. I don't know how I mean I don't know if he's being serious. I mean maybe he woke up and was like, Oh, did I say that? Oh man. 
<laughs> no, in all seriousness, I think it went really well, and I think it was a good first outing there. I mean, yeah, you know, Lime Rock is known for its exclusivity and difficulty to get uh, track time, and it's expensive. Yeah, so just to see that it was awesome, and it's a local track of mine. It's only like an hour and a half, two hours for me, so it was nice to not have to drive 13, 14 hours to go take a you know go to gingerman nothing wrong with gingerman but it's you know i think it's in a different league compared to more special tracks like mid ohio or live rock for example did they run road america this year no they did not i don't think that they got the i don't think the weekends lined up have you been there no i I was gonna go last year but i ended up having to go to a different event okay Um, I feel like that track is a power track. Oh, yeah. My car would would have been like me at Watkins Glen, which is a freaking joke. Right. Um, Have you been to VIR? Nope. Want to do it. Oh. Come down and do it. 100%. You're going to have to come down. Uh, We'll have Ben come there. Both Ben's. Got to get the Evos battle battling out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That Evo. You know what they should you know what they should do is what? Ben should drive the STI, and Asian Ben should drive the STI, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Does he have a nickname? Because I only know him as <laughs> Little Sharp Ben. <laughs> you know, I sorry, I know that's kind of fucked up, but I only think of him as like Big Ben because I think of like him as like a giant clock, right? And then Little Ben, um, and he should be in the Evo. Roll That'd be back. interesting. I think that'd be interesting. So, because um, they're both seven hundred horsepower cars, they'd be good comparatively. I mean, <laughs> granted, that that red one looks a little little worn out, yeah, wallowed out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to do it. It's on my bucket list. Vir Road Atlanta, those two are on my bucket list. Um, Road America, and then the 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 tracks on the West Coast like Button Willow and. Willow Springs and Sonoma. So, oh, and um, Sebring—that's another one. Sebring oh. is extremely harsh. I feel like the surface. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's a little of nowhere. <laughs> it was a airplane facility or like airport, right, or something like that. Or yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what's really funny about Sebring? So, like a million years ago, when my mom was a kid. He went up in the Goodyear blimp at Sebring. Really? She went for a ride in the Goodyear blimp. I don't <laughs> know how she got in that thing, but she went up. So I was always, I always give her shit for it. I'm like, how did you go there and you didn't even watch the race? And she's like, I just went for the blimp. <laughs> she had a priority straight. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um. So long story short, you know, next year for you, you're going to do a lot. You're you're cutting weight. You're making hood vents. You're doing little shifty things. We don't know. Uh, what you're doing. <laughs> All you need to know is I'm destroying the value of this car. You're basically <laughs> what once was a great car and just burning it. Yes. Well, I don't know if it was a great car. It was a car. I'm making it great <laughs> in my eyes, at least. <laughs> so, so now that you look back, was it the right choice of car? Now that what you're doing, would you have gone? What would you have done differently? Like if you were going to go a different route, 
Um, back thirty grand. It's two thousand eighteen or whatever you bought it. Twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. Right. What'd you do? Um, if I could do it again, honestly, I don't think I could find a better car for the price that I bought that car for. Because I bought that car twenty sixteen at forty five thousand miles on it. It was undervalued. I bought it for thirty thousand, and to be honest, it was really like twenty nine thousand out the door. Um, oh yeah, super cheap. Like, I mean, after like you know, extended warranties, tax, title, it was like thirty four. But still, like now I think about it, it's like I can't find a car for more bang for the buck for that price. And I I thought about this when. Uh, before I started, like I tracked it the one time at VIR, yeah. um, the first time I did it, and I was like, "So, do I want to continue with the chassis or do I not?" Uh, and then I was like, "You know, let me look on Cars dot com, see if I can find a car that I would want for the price range, like a M two non non comp, and those are forties, forty one, forty two, you know." So I was like, eh, I don't, you know, I can't find a car for the same price. And I would lose money if I sold it, um, you know, because not many people are looking for a GLA. So I was like, you know what? This is the car I'm going to progress and I'm going to learn the chassis and I'm going to have to drive around some of the, you know, uh, the weight issues or any sort of things like that. And I'm just going to use it for what I can because like if you think about it like unconventional setups are you know kind of time attack in general like mm-hmm. William R. Young taking a ninth gen SI that was never intended to be as fast as that car like oh no yeah yeah so you know there's other cars out there like you know there was a track mod I don't know if it was Eclipse or Talon I'm, I'm friends with them on, on Instagram but Jesse, uh, Jesse, yeah, like, nice that question. car was never intended to be that fast, and he was turning laps like it was. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won in GMP for track mod, like crazy. So like he was cooking, dude. Yes, and to be honest, his power output isn't that crazy for the times he was putting down, and I feel like you know unconventional setups work if you can refine the chassis, you know, obviously it's going to take time, energy, money, you know, you're in a, a ballpark that people haven't explored yet. And that's kind of where I am. Like people have done, you know, bigger turbos on this car, but they're limited with the, the fuel that they can, they can use. So like 500 horsepower is kind of like the fastest GLA I would imagine um, at this time. But, like, you can make, the, the best part about the chassis, like you can make, you know, mid, not mid 400, but, like, low 400 on stock turbo all day long. So, you know, it has the, the potential, but I want to refine the chassis first before I add power. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think I would buy another car. And I thought about it, you know, if something were to happen in this car, what would I do? I would probably just buy another GLA, honestly. Oh my god. <laughs> I hey. love crossovers, man. They're so practical. You know, even lower, they're still have plenty of 
a ground clearance opposed to like a hatchback. So, and you know, you know, today's time, everything is a crossover. You know, Diane's Kona Inn crossover. It's like a big hatchback. They're, they discontinued the Velocer Inn. You know, now they have the Kona. You know, you know, there's, you know, it's progressing further and further away from hatchbacks and more crossovers, which are just lifted hatchbacks. So, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, I think the chassis is there. I just have to refine it a little bit. And I have some off-season changes coming, man. See? <laughs> a little less weight, a little re- more rigidity. I'm going to turn the uh, the divorce-style rear to true rear because the, the towers will be reinforced via the cage. Um, I plan on adding a rear spray bar. And then I'll probably do roll center correction. I have to make all that stuff, you know, because they don't make shit for this car. Uh, maybe a drop arm, drop knuckle setup. I don't know. We'll see. You're crazy, man. That is, that is dedication. Right? It is dedication or stupidity. Either or. There's better chassis. <laughs> it can go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for street class, there are chassis people have not explored that could win 100% and dominate. Whether they want to spend that money, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Can you give me an example then? Yes. Number one, the Porsche uh, Cayman, the 9881 or 9, yeah, 981. Or, uh, 781. 781. Yeah. That the chassis. So uh, the base model is a two liter turbo which fits in street is under the price limit. And obviously for street class, you can run OE, uh, arrow. So you can run literally GT four RS arrow on that car. <laughs> if you wanted to, right. I mean, no one has done it, but someone could do it. Um, you know, and obviously the GT RS has different bumpers, rear bumpers, you know, all that stuff. So you have to swap all that stuff over. And then, you know, it's a Porsche, so, you know, full bolt-on. Like, even if you're saying full bolt-on is, like, mid-300s, you have the chassis dynamic of a Porsche, right, Cayman, at that. It would dominate. It's not heavy. You know, if you have a PDK, I mean, (laughs) that's an easy one. And obviously, the new Lotus that's coming out that we discussed in our little group chat with the two liter AMG motor, the the M139 motor that's in the new GLAs, which is also in the new C63 uh, S that came, that's coming out with the electric assisted. Yeah. So that's going to have the C63 that's coming out, uh, has the M139 engine and it also has the electric hybrid assist. So the base engine, which is four cylinder, that's in the GLA and in that Lotus makes 421 horsepower to the crank. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of power out of a four cylinder. And so it has a slightly bigger turbo than the standard like GLA, CLA of that, of that generation. So you could literally swap that turbo onto the Lotus and dominate again. So, I mean, there's, there's other chassis out there as well, you know, but we'll see. Does someone want to do it? I don't know. I just gave you the secret. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it is a lot of money. 
Yeah. <laughs> See what you're saying? No, I, I'm I'm all ears on that. I think there's some other. Um, I think there's some Mercedes that I think are untapped. Some older AMGs that were like in the 60s, 70s. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the most part, you know, I think you're right. I mean, I think there are people who have not really thought about it. But the street class, I think, is by association street cars. And most people are not street daily driving their Lotus that they just bought. Some people might be. Not everybody. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think of it as like, some people aren't, you're correct, but instead of spending, you know, $75,000 on that Lotus, and they keep it relatively stock and just running a street class, they'll buy a $30,000 Subaru and then spend $70,000 into the engine, trans, you know, consumables, because the Subaru system blow up, so you're going to have, like, multiple engines, and you're going to spend that money, more much more money than just buying a good car to start out with. The car I've always considered is the Camaro SS one LE V six. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can run the, the one LE SS or one LE, uh, arrow V six. So not the SS, just the one LE with the V six. Okay. And then you put the arrow Yep. From the ZL1 one LE, <laughs> which is all you can all yep. hold on, and you put a tune on it, it'll probably make like 350, 400 horsepower, maybe. maybe really? Less. I didn't know that the V6 could make that tires, much. I think the tires stock are like a 285 square setup. Okay, so that's the legal limit, I think, for rural drive. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be outrageous. I, mean, I didn't even think about that car, to be honest with you. <laughs> I've always thought about them as dailies, the four cylinder ones. But yeah. They're hard to find. I actually asked uh, a guy from ZZP Performance. Um, he uh, track drove his four-cylinder Camaro. He was like, uh, the max amount of power that the turbo can make, it's like 330, like roughly, to the wheels. Um so I think that would be okay, but the problem is it weighs a lot. I think the V6 would be a better option because you can build a motor in street class. I don't know why that's illegal, but you can build motors. <laughs> build motor. Yeah, you can just thrash the shit out of that engine, and it looks cool. Yeah. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's, you know, we're, we're just giving out chassis at this point. So. I know. Now we're just giving out ideas. <laughs> we're coming in next year. It's all V6 Camaro 1LEs. And right. Caymans. Lotus, Lotus <laughs> guy shows up. Bunch of Elises. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Elises would be in um, Club TR, right? Because it's, it's one yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Or you or can just K-swap it. Yeah. Exige. You can do an Exige. That'd be fucking cool. That would be cool. I think they'll be down power, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She'd be down like 250 horsepower. You'd really need to do something. So I got one last question for you. Okay. Type R. What do you think of the new one? What is your opinion on it? And, you know, where do you see where do you see this car going? I mean, do you see it being this, you know, tower of power like the old one in terms mm-hmm. of track stuff? Or do you think of it as this overpriced, overhyped Honda? So, my opinion is, I don't think it is 
overhyped. I think the, the chassis dynamics are there. It's a great chassis. Like I don't think anyone can deny it is a phenomenal chassis, as you know, because it's very similar to the 10th gen. Phenomenal. It does things that front-wheel drive cars shouldn't do. Um, so I think the price matches that because it's priced, what, at 43000 is starting, yeah, something like that. High. Yeah. But, I mean, if you think about it, all cars at this point are kind of just that. I feel like that's the median, honestly, for most, you know, cars, like performance, you know, cars. I mean, the Golf R is like 44 starting. The Corolla is, you know, the core is like 36 starting or whatever. But <clears throat> I think the car is there, and I think the price represents that. But I think what's going to hurt it is that the dealer markup is going to kill that car. I think people are going to buy it, but the true enthusiasts that would buy it aren't going to buy it. You know, people are going to buy it to just hold on to it and then flip it, which I think is dumb. But I, 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 I like the car and. You know, if I were in the market and I was looking for a front-wheel drive car, I think that would be perfect. Like, that would be the go-to, honestly. <clears throat> because, I mean, you're spending the same amount of money as you would uh, a mini John Cooper Works uh, GP. You know, those are 300 horsepower, dual clutch. They they went for, like, 45, something like that. Most people forget about those cars. But <laughs> that would also be a good street-class car. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the car is cool. I don't think it's overhyped. I think the price that dealers are going to mark up, just like the 400Z, you know, if they could sell those at MSRP, it'd be phenomenal. But will they? Probably not. What do you feel about it? <laughs> I have a love-hate with this car. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I think it looks a lot more mature. Like you can go and take your mother out in it and not be embarrassed. <laughs> But I have my reservations just because of the price. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a much better car in terms of cooling capabilities for from the factory, anyways. You know, let's hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. They really fucked that up. <clears throat> but I think, as you were saying, we're going to see these things going for fifty, sixty grand, and I'm just that's really sad because I'm not, I'm never going to buy one of those for that kind of price. No, it just doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense. And I think it's going to get a bad reputation, kind of like, um, you know, certain cars that have gone way over MSRP. Um, people are were not happy about it. And it's a shame because it's probably a great car and I'm sure it's going to be a real monster once people start modding them on the track and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, I'm interested because, <clears throat> as you know, they're obviously coming out with an Integra Type S. Mm. And that's obviously going to be the same platform. But not many people like the Integra. So I wonder what that starting price will be. I think it'll be more because, you know, as Integra is a luxury brand. It, I don't know what they're going to offer in terms of like seats or interior, but I feel like it's going to be so different enough 
to warrant maybe like a $5,000 bump or two, $3,000 bump or something. Cause it's not going to be less expensive than the civic type R. It's going to be more. So I'm wondering because people don't like the Integra that will stay at MSRP. Then more people are just going to buy the Integra instead of the civic type R. Well, I almost bought an Integra. Did you? I, yeah, I put a deposit on one. I almost pulled the trigger as a daily, but mm-hmm. I didn't like it in the long run. I just wasn't. I just it didn't excite me. It wasn't fast enough. It just there were there were things I wasn't a fan of, so turned it down. But the Type S is interesting. Um, I think they're going to go sort of like a mix between luxury and sport. Mm-hmm. Whether they. The rumor is the dual clutch. I don't think they're doing that. I I don't see them throwing that kind of marketing budget and, and engineering budget on that. Right. If they um, do a dual clutch, it'll be – I feel like everyone will just go towards that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think it'll be a subdued type S, probably like a little softer suspension, softer mm-hmm. dampers. It'll probably have a tiny little spoiler, not like the, the one on the Type R. Right. Um, but the interior will be nice. It'll probably have some – nicer feature or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess 50, yeah. 48 to 50. That's a lot of money for essentially a civic and a body kit. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's coming up on BMW M2 territory. Yeah. Even though the new M2 is God awful. I, that, oh yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> You know, what BMW in general have really been fucking up the last... 100%. The G chassis are just not it. I don't know what's going on with them. So I'm going to let you into something that I really didn't want to like, and that was the M4 CSL. But you like it. I drove it on the track, and I drove it on the street. I loved it. <laughs> From a driving point of view, because I don't right. look at it. Yeah. It. it was That's... fun as hell. It yeah. Fast. Really fast. And if you want to spend that kind of money on a BMW, that's the one to get. How much did the CSL start for? Oh, I guess like 120. <clears throat> God. Let's look at the stuff. M4 CSL. What is your guess? Uh... Probably 140. I'm just throwing that out there. On the money, it's 140. Are you? Sh- <laughs> Jesus. Base price is 140. Jesus, that's just a that's a lot for an M4. Yeah, but it was it felt special. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it felt special. It felt lighter, and it was way faster. Yeah. I mean, like it felt like it had 600 horsepower. What's the rate of power? Like 500 something? 540. Okay. Well, and it's you know. 240 pounds lighter. That's a lot. That's a, that's a good amount. Yeah. 479 huh. pounds of torque. Uh, but it's cool. I liked it. I, I, you know, I think it's definitely special. So. Yeah. It gave me hope for the company, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, they just need to improve the looks department a little bit. I mean, nothing is ever going to replace my affliction for the old stuff. I 
I had an E39 M5. I love that car. That's M5, 100%. Oh, I just love that era of BMW. I think they were on another level. Mm-hmm. They were so ahead of the competition. And then they let everybody catch up. And they've never been able to recover since then. So, How do you feel about the E60? I think it's a really cool car. I wouldn't want to own one, though. Yeah. They're, I feel the same way. I mean, they're maintenance whore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they require a lot of special parts that are difficult to find now. And they're not that fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, it makes 500 horsepower, but it makes no torque, and you have nope. to rev the crap <laughs> to get anywhere. It's a freaking race engine in there. Right. And a sedan, so it just, it's weird. You know, you have to drive it like a Honda Civic, but you're in a 5 Series. Right. Doing 200 miles an hour. So, <laughs> but they're fast. They're really fast. They sound amazing. They look actually good now. I used to not like how they look, but now seeing what they make, it's a beautiful car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think if you get a manual transmission one that had good service records and you're willing to, you know, you know what the risks and costs are involved with keeping a machine like that running. Yeah. It's a great car. I think it's special. And I yeah. think it'll go down in history as one of the most special M cars for sure. Yeah. I feel like it's on that same podium as the E90 chassis, the V8 M3s, right? They only did it once. And, you know, everyone remembers them because they rev high, have no torque. You know, the same formula. Mm. So, my, yeah, they're really special. Yeah. They're really special. So, but I think this is a good stopping point for our first podcast, man. Yeah, dude, this was awesome. Yeah, we, we have did to it. do this. Yeah, I think you did great. I think <laughs> we could make something of this. You know, that's, that's the next step. But thank you, everybody, for listening to our podcast. If you want to hear more, please subscribe. Uh, we plan on releasing content every week uh, just about general car information that was released or just our journeys of becoming a better driver and refining our cars uh, or anything else we just want to talk about. Um, But yeah, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, we will have that information in the description. Uh, But again, thank you uh, for taking the time to listen to our podcast about random car stuff. Have a good day.